Hello everyone, welcome to one more podcast of the Athletic School. Uh, today, our guest speaker is Matt Mountford. He's a former professional soccer player and head coach, and now he's the CEO of Pay Center Soccer Club in Ohio. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. No problem, great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Uh, yeah, um, just to begin with, uh, I want to go a little bit over your, your background and uh, was your dream to become a professional soccer player and maybe one day become a CEO? Is it something that you that you thought about it before? Um, the second part, no. The CEO part, no. Right. Um, professional soccer, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like yourself, probably, but we grow up, it's a different a different culture and environment. So right, you live right. and breathe soccer, uh-huh. you know, that's the religion in, in soccer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. The dream was to, to become a professional player. Um, Probably not the route that I went down in the end mm-hmm. um, to get there, but yeah, I wouldn't change a thing, honestly. And mm-hmm. It was always the goal to just say, well, yeah, I play one minute of professional soccer, so yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you know, a uh, blessing for sure. Right, and did you play in Canada? Yeah. And also in, U- in UK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, obviously UK is a bit different, so came through um, you know, different teams and stuff right. like that in the UK. Um, and the standard is obviously really, really high. Same in, mm-hmm. in, in Brazil, yeah, yeah, like right. same, same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we're out on the street and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's so, the only thing we do. Yeah, so, that's it. Yeah. And so I came through obviously different academies and, and things. Um, and then after I got released and kind of injured and, and things like mm-hmm. that, a little bit of a setback, I actually went to college um, in the UK. So okay. we leave high school when I'm 16. And, Uh-huh. you know go to college for two years um, and I did that and then I started playing for the college again okay. and that's when I started to kind of fall back in love with the game mm-hmm. so we went um, you know we played all over all over the country against different colleges a mm-hmm. great great experience and then obviously I went to Canada and obviously played played for all over there in the league mm-hmm. and, and how was your soccer in Canada good good really, yeah, yeah very good yeah I would say um It's no surprise to see them doing so well as a mm-hmm. nation now. Right. Some of those players that were coming through as young kids mm-hmm. um, coming in the academies there, you could already see the potential for the mm-hmm. whole country, especially like Vancouver, Toronto. Right. You right. Know, big, big clubs like that. Montreal, when they got the, the impact in the MLS, that was big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we played against Montreal, Toronto, we played mm-hmm. against all of them. Yeah. So that was a great experience, um, but yeah, the level was, was really good. Mm-hmm. The pace of the game, mm-hmm. the speed of the game was a lot faster than it was in the UK. Oh, really? Um, and it was a bit more technical. So even when I, when I was playing now, 15, you know, 16 years ago, yeah. more than that, um, you know, it was, it was a bit more direct and physical. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I actually think that I would be a better player now. Yeah. For the current generation. Yeah, literally, yeah. You know, it, it's crazy how... What about you? Yeah, no, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, in Brazil, it's uh, we care a lot about the, the technique, you know, like, how you pass. Like, in, for me, as a keeper, like, uh, can you hold the ball, you know, and not just keep giving rebounds? And here, it's more, like, uh, about the... Um, like it just being strong, you know, and going for the ball and, and tackle and, and winning every ball you can. Um, but I mean, it, it's crazy to, to see how, how different it is in, in different countries. And I think there's a little bit of difference between Canada and US as well. You know, I, of course I didn't play in a, in a big level in the US yet, but I mean, just you saying that about Canada, it, it's interesting to see the differences. Um, so, I mean, 
you know, here in the athletic school, we kind of, we love to talk up with people like you and then kind of figure out like uh, what, how their mindset works, you know, and like from you, looking back to your career, um, what, what did it take you to, to become a professional soccer player and, and to get here today uh, as a CEO at Bay Center, you know, have an important, important role here. Uh, it was lucky. Did you get lucky or was it hard work? Like, well, in, you know, uh, I, I want to go over so many other things because I remember in the parenting meeting that we had, you talk about the, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset, which is a book called Mindset, yeah. which I loved and I always talk about that one. And it surprised me a little bit when you when you mentioned that. Um, so, what did it take you to to get here today to become a professional soccer player, head coach, and then be here today? Oh, tremendous amounts of hard work, right. relentless, yeah. uh, relentless hours. You know, I mean, from from when I when I started, um, I was three years old when I first remember kicking a soccer ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was younger than that. I was, I was a lot younger than that, but obviously I don't remember. Right, right. Um, from that, I just, I just remember, you know, my childhood was was very much centered around around soccer, as I'm sure you would right. say. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's just how it is. Yeah. You know, it's hard to explain to people that don't yeah, really uh -huh. understand that. But I think even here in the US, I, I think that the kids don't have a childhood now because of the youth soccer demands and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It's up to us. To, to try and provide that right, right. in a more childlike way, especially in these young ages, right. um, where it's crucial. And so for me, my journey is, um, there's no straight line, it's yeah. never linear, uh -huh. right? I was listening to a podcast actually, uh, a high performance podcast, uh -huh. um, and it was with the academy manager at Manchester United, a guy called Nick Carter, who's unbelievable. Highly recommend everybody check it out. Mm -hmm. um, and, he, and he talked about a non-linear journey and, and that's exactly it. It's never going to be a straight line. Yeah. It's always going to be bumps. And, right. and I've had so many. I played professionally in Canada, but in England, released all this good, you know, all that. Yeah. We say good stuff, but it, it was difficult at the time. Um, fell out of love with the game, you know, because of my experiences in it. Um, at that level and then it took me going to a different continent mm -hmm. to find uh, the passion again yeah. and, and honestly I owe a lot to, to my the, the head coach and the coaching staff and the team at, at Kingston FC because without them I probably would, oh, I know I wouldn't be here today mm -hmm. so you know, I'm lucky enough to still call them friends now which is yeah. amazing um, yeah. and have that resource there but yeah I would say sacrifice mm -hmm. um, willing to sacrifice you know everything like I left behind my entire family and, yeah. and everything that I've ever known to go and play in Canada right I had some family in Canada but I was still not like close right, right. in terms of where they were um, but I was all I was also never too far away from them either so I mm -hmm. knew that if I needed something or they would be, they there. Would be right there yeah. so that was amazing yeah. so the support system is, is the most important thing ever mm -hmm. um, but yeah, for me, like I keep saying, sacrifice, hard work, um, and, I, and I think honestly, passion. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think passion and, and, and finding something that I love doing, mm -hmm. you know, everything was, was worth it. And it was that kind of determination, like this is the, this is the life that I want. Yeah. This is what I want to do or want to be doing. 
how can I do it for as long as possible? Mm-hmm. You know, and then putting in putting in the work. There's no yeah. there's no uh, secret right. ingredient. So you, you mentioned that you, you had some injuries, yeah. uh, and of course, leaving your family behind is not easy. Uh, do you think it was a passion that just kept you going, or it's also um, a certain like a discipline, or I don't know, some type of commitment that you like? that's what I wanted to do and that's what I'm gonna do even even though you had injuries and everything like what's going through in your mind when you when you were released back then and when you got an injured like uh, uh, what made you come back yeah I think I think honestly the passion okay and in terms of you know that's what I love doing okay so I love doing it therefore it's not work yeah I want to do it for as long as possible right you know I'm sure you're the same you're right yeah <laughs> you know even now yeah even, yeah because if, if it wasn't passion I don't think I for would be sure, doing sure. still but yeah for sure it's cool why you transition into coaching as well as yeah. playing yeah. right like yeah. to stay connected with the game right right and so you know that overall passion mm-hmm. for sure yeah um, and the desire just to try and kind of prove that that I, it could be done you know um there was a lot of a lot of doubts i've always had challenges in terms of whether it be you know people saying oh you can't do this or you know because i've always been very kind of well now you would call it individuality but but again when we were growing up yeah it, it's not is it it's it's like well, why why are you different Right, right. And so, in terms of the mindset, like mm-hmm. I always wanted to leave home. Yeah. From 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I saw soccer as my way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, potentially if I put in the work, and and it wasn't because you know my home life was bad. I, I had the best parents. I'm, I'm very, very, very fortunate. Uh-huh. But we don't come from you know a lot of affluence or anything like right. that. And so I knew that if I wanted a better life situation for myself then I was gonna have to try and you know force that to be honest mm-hmm. and, and bang down doors um, mm-hmm. you know to, to open yeah and and then do things that I could stay yeah. in that kind of realm awesome. and kind of on that path mm-hmm. of continued I guess growth mm-hmm. would be right. um, but it was always kind of this is what I want and this is how I'm gonna do it and then you know, what else can I do to, to make sure that Together. that happens? Yeah. Because, you know, we can all want it and we can all try and do it, but it doesn't, you know, it, doesn't, it didn't happen to me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm 29 years old yeah. now. I theoretically could still be stuck with playing. Right, yeah. You know, and, and I'm not. So, but again, that non-linear journey, I think being open-minded mm-hmm. um, is, again, like I'm embodiment of that. So what I say, because of my experiences, as well as the research, as well as, you know other coaching experience as well as but it but it's your lived experiences it's your journey mm-hmm. um and and that that's something that i've always had is that open mindset yeah like i've always been very open-minded about everything like i've wanted to travel the world i've wanted to experience and embrace new cultures mm-hmm. i've wanted to learn different languages yeah um you know to interact with my teammates in canada there's always three canadians on the roster right you know we had a couple of brazilians one of my uh-huh. one of my best friends today is the brazilian guy uh-huh. who's Love him. He didn't speak any English when he came over. Yeah. So we learned some Portuguese to communicate right. and then he, we would teach him English. And yeah. I mean, things like that. Like we had, you know, the boys from Africa that couldn't, couldn't really speak English. So again, they're learning, they're speaking French. 
um, you know, in different dialects in French as well. Mm -hmm. So you had the Montreal stuff, and then you had, you know, the Cayenne and, and the Congo and things like Senegal. Yeah. And so, you know, just those, just being open-minded, yeah. I think, is is exactly. crucial for any any kind of successful journey that mm -hmm. you want to go on. Yeah. You, you, you can't be fixed in this is the only way that this is going to happen. No, no, no. This is what I want, but I'm completely flexible and open to right. how I get there. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, Ray Dalio, which is uh, an investor here in the US, and and he mentions like if you are open-minded, uh, so if you're open-minded and you are and you can reflect on the things that you go through, uh, that equals to progression, which is equals to, to growth basically. So um, that's that's awesome and uh, it works, you know, it works. Uh, And another thing you were mentioning about non-linear path, there's a book called The Dip, uh, which is the guy talks about when you should give up and when you should keep going and stuff like that. And he mentions that like uh, everyone that succeeds, they go through a dip that goes down like bad, badly, and then they go up, you know? So, and in order to succeed, you need to be willing to go through the dip first. Um, Because if you are not willing to go to the, through the deep, you shouldn't even start, basically, you know, because uh, it's just like you said, like, it's not gonna, it's not, there's no only just one way and, you know, many different things happens uh, in, in the path and you gotta be open mind, you gotta learn from those things and uh, you change your mind a lot, you change your mindset a lot and again, if you're not open mind, Uh, that that becomes hard for you to to grow as you know in our in our case as a soccer player but also as a person you know and I I don't think you would be here today uh, at Pace Center if you if you were an open mind back then right so yeah um, what are some of the the lessons that you bring um, to to your job nowadays um, lessons that you learn as a player that you bring to your to your job nowadays so many uh punctual being on time okay you know time yeah. management uh organizational skills in terms of you know planning um so different periodization mm -hmm. stuff and, and that can be you know periodization just you know it means it basically just means planning out your week it means plan, plan out your month plan out your year whatever that is for, mm -hmm. for each individual yeah um but but it's little steps it's just the small insignificant details that when you're a player you think and then you realize when you go into a real working environment that you know it, wow they prepare you so 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 well yeah just by the standards that they hold you to account on mm -hmm. it, it sets you up so so much it's just it's the main reason why i love being in the position that i'm in and why i accepted the position is because you know i want to elicit that change because i feel like it can be taught i feel like it can be learned mm -hmm. you know we have a, a duty of care as coaches um, and as guides to these young people to, to set them up to succeed. Right. I don't think across the country we're doing a good job of it. And I think in society, we're not doing a good job mm -hmm. of it. And so we have a moral obligation as people that care about young people and want to see them succeed to put the foundations in that they can, you know, not just say, oh, well, little Johnny is, is you know, not doing it here. Well, why? Right. Like what are we doing about that to address that? Mm -hmm. And you know that's where 
ultimately why my passion is, as you can see, you know, speaking about it. But that's why I just feel like, you know, we have a, a real obligation to to make sure that we transfer the skills that we learn yeah. through the game mm-hmm. as, as players at all levels. Right. Um, to then back down when we go into the coaching element of right, the right, opportunity right. to pay it forward and transfer that knowledge. And, mm-hmm. You know, that could be as simple as, you know, holding the door open for somebody else. Yeah. That could be, hello, good morning, how are you? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, thanks for training tonight, coach, great job. Yeah. I mean, as a coach, would you like that if a player said that to you? Yeah, yeah, of course. And that's where we, we distinguish a lot between player and person, and I always go person and player. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if you're going to win me, you know, 50 championships in the youth soccer level, yeah. if you're not the right person and you don't have good morals, that you, you know, you don't have friends because, you know, you're, you're quite intimidating and you're trying to impose yourself. Mm-hmm. No, like we've got a duty as coaches and as educators to try and instill those beliefs and, and those kind of values into into each individual that we come into contact mm-hmm. with. Yeah, no, and I would like to go a little deeper on that because I feel like some people, uh, you know, of course, winning is extremely important. Everyone wants to win, and I think, you know, what we doing if we don't want to win? If we're not trying to, if we're not playing to win, right? But uh, where 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 do you think uh, we draw the line to say like, uh, uh, okay, let me do whatever it takes? But maybe cheating, it's not its not a good thing to do uh, in order for me to win. Um, or, you know, you see so many even players, successful players in a, in a way that they are not really good people uh, for our society. Maybe they are good for the team. You know, they can score goals, but, you know, they have problems at home and stuff like that. Uh, so where do you think we can draw the line that, okay, we got to do everything it takes to to win like uh, what is your thoughts on that i think a lot of it is is learned and conditioned behavior Mm -hmm. um, from a younger age and so when people are acting out or when they're not there's always a why Mm -hmm. so as a coach um especially kind of in the youth realm um we have like i keep saying a duty of care and a moral obligation to to get to the root of why Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean kind of infringe or, or cross lines no 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 not at all but if I'm observing and then I, I know and I see a change in behavior and I know the kid and I see a change in behavior well then, well then why and then you go to the causes of why that could be mm-hmm. and then you just kind of feel around a little bit in terms of you know ask the right questions mm-hmm. make sure that the support system is there so always be in dialogue with the parents you know, there's no parent in the world, I'm, I'm a father myself, there's no parent in the world that doesn't want the best for their child. Right. And and I think, as, you know, we bridge that, that gap. There seems to be so much division, whereas we should just be united. So in answer to your question, you know, in terms of what what I personally would do or how could we draw the line, it's, it's your moral compass, it's your values. Right. What is important to you and as a coach and as a leader, what is important to you? And then you live and die by that because if, if I'm only as good as my word, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then my actions to back up that. So if I say to something, if I say to you, okay, so I want, I want to create this really positive culture where 
I want you to feel safe, secure, supported, right? In whatever you do. And that those are the three non-negotiables for me that I want right. in, in my environment for all of my players to feel like mm -hmm. or people to feel like. Yeah. Right? So okay, well what does that mean then? So how am I gonna elicit that that kind of culture? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna take steps. So if I see something that is out of line with those three things, so if I see another kid yelling at someone, hey, whoa, 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 stop. You two, come over here. The rest of you carry on, you two, come over here. What's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, just get on their level straight away. What's going on? Right. Okay, right. Well, is that really how we want to be speaking to each other, though? Well, he said this, they did this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but is that really how we're going to talk to another human mm -hmm. being? Yeah. And that starts as young as eight. Yeah. I would say six. But that's just my opinion. But I think the younger you start those conversations about kindness costs nothing, mm -hmm. about, you know, respect, about, you know, learning to lose in terms of, hey, it's okay to lose as long as you gave your best effort. Right. Could you do any more? Yeah, okay, well, take that into the next game. Could you do any more? No, you still lost, no problem. Mm -hmm. Take that into the next game as well. You know, and we need to get out of this mentality of, of losing and winning. Like, we never lose, we only learn. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that winning is a false indicator for a lot of people, a lot of teams, especially yeah. in sports. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of coaches that, you know, they kind of get high off their own supply a little bit mm -hmm. because, oh, well, look at what I've won. Yeah, but what did the kids learn? Yeah. How did they grow as people to right. then translate that soccer skill to a life skill? Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. in our environment, we're not developing, you know, ultimately we're not going to develop, you know, professional players on every single player on every single team. Yeah. You know, the stats are there for themselves. Only 7% of participants in youth sports are fortunate enough to get collegiate scholarships across any divisions, across any collegiate level. Right. And so, okay, what are we doing then? We're developing the people because we want them to go out into any vocation and have the tools to succeed. Mm -hmm. And by the way, those tools are exactly the same on the field as they are off it in terms of your character and personality. Yeah. Yeah, no, awesome. And in, uh, so my question for you is like, uh, you gave so many good advices for me personally, how, how to do that as a coach, but how can you do that from here? from you know from from above a little bit from being an executive director um how because i mean i see i've seen you on on the pitch there many times but you're not necessarily coach anymore you're more just like managing um so how do you pass that to the coaches that you have now how how, how do you how can you translate that to them so they can translate that to their players Great question. Um, it's something that is obviously a work in progress every right. day. Um, <clears throat> for a start, I don't think there's a particular right or wrong answer. Um, just because I might give you an answer now, it doesn't mean that another person doing it a different way is wrong. I don't right, think right. So. But I do think that in terms of myself, I think leading by example in terms of, so you'll see me on the practice field, but you'll also see me running sessions as well, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a case of the learning for the coaches there is not because I'm better, because I might show them a little bit mm -hmm. that, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Cause now you'll be the teacher, 
Yeah. So you're not teaching, you're actually the teacher and yeah. the coaches because you want that certain, you know, like I have a vision of what we want to be and, and how to get there and, and filtering it down. It's, it's leading by example. So yeah. going out there and proving to you guys like, hey, listen, I'm not going to just sit in my office in my high three tower here. And, right, right. You know, yeah. kind of look down and oh yeah, no, I'm not getting involved. You know, I'm <laughs> going to be at practice. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be engaged. I'm going to show you everything that I've been lucky enough to learn and I'm still learning myself mm-hmm. from people better than I'll ever be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that that can only benefit you guys as, as people, but as coaches, but a lot of it is honestly 80% of coaching is planning and preparation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just by showing details on that, mm-hmm. your whole session, you'll get your objectives out, no problem for every individual in that session, yeah. irrespective of if you've got a kid that is more developed or less developed at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we get confused with development, you know, a lot in this country especially, and, and we need to kind of revamp and relook at how we view that. Um, and that's, again, that's a wider change, but that's something that I'm incredibly passionate about and hopeful to implement here mm-hmm. um, yeah. going forward. But yeah, in terms of, not to get off track too much, but no, no, in no. terms of answering your question, um, it's, it's leading by example, by getting mm-hmm. out on the grass and, all right guys, I'll run you through a session. And this is, I want you to bring out the notebook and pen and anything good or bad or anything, just write down what you've learned, mm-hmm. how you would do it, what's different, um, you know, why you don't like something that I did, how can you make it better? Because again, there's no such thing as a perfect session. There's no such thing as a perfect coach. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know on social media, it seems a bit, silly to say because everyone is on there for perfection right it doesn't exist mm-hmm. it just doesn't right. um you know i've not done a session where i've stuck to it verbatim ever mm-hmm. yeah. i've always had to adapt in mm-hmm. some way which is fine right i've planned for that yeah however in terms of the actual design of the session I, i've had to adapt in session i've had to readjust here um you know just last, last week i was covering uh, an older age group and the younger ones asked me if they could join in for practice mm-hmm. and I was never going to say no so right. <laughs> you know 2014 age group and 2016 wanted to jump in because yeah. they were like fun brilliant let's go yeah so again but how do you do that on the fly right, right. preparation and planning mm-hmm. you know my activities are done so that it's a seamless transition yeah so you won't notice a two-year age gap you know and, and that's all like I said in terms of filtering it down that's that's what I that's what I try and do every day. Mm-hmm. Is try and impart that knowledge, but also show you the the detail on why. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you have any coaches throughout your career that lead by example, or is it something that maybe you learned because they didn't do it to you? You know, did you have any coaches that you kind of took a bit a little bit of their leadership and and applied to you today? One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. One of my former youth coaches was a guy called Andy Pilkington Pilks, and he actually gave me my first break in coaching. I was thirteen, and he owned like a soccer franchise, a mm-hmm. soccer school franchise. And I was playing for him, and he said, oh, "You know, do you want to go into coaching one day?" Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I want to be connected to the game. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I'd, you know, come down and see if, see if you like it." And you know, the, the best advice. You know, he gave you. I'm working with young kids. Is you be a young kid. I won't tell you because I can't repeat profanity <laughs> on the podcast. Um, but his advice was: every kid loves 
and then he, he says something that it essentially means every kid loves somebody who acts like a kid mm-hmm. and like a like the class clown almost yeah, you know? yeah. it makes a lot of so sense so if you're energetic bouncing off the walls yeah. chasing after them well you don't realize but you're chasing after them and they're moving multi-directional now and not only that but they're doing it with their head up mm-hmm. so think about that at six years old so now they're looking at you because they don't want you to kick them right don't run right. over them yeah. you never you're never going to but in their mind that's definitely what, so so now because they're running away they're actually running running with the ball so they're, they're doing a, a soccer skill yeah without even realizing it and now you're getting those repetitions in because i'm bringing energy and fun and enthusiasm to the practice mm-hmm. and i'm engaged and yeah. i'm with them i'm on their level yeah the, the possibilities of kids are endless absolutely endless and that's where you know yeah i mean leading by example would be would be there for the youth kids mm-hmm. um phenomenal coach he actually works on the way to be c um and then grassroots education for the english fa so he's employed by the soccer football association yeah. um so it tells you yeah so to have that resource at uh-huh. 13 years old yeah unbelievable um i was also at manchester united soccer schools um and I won like their prize for the week camp or whatever, and um, you know free tickets to go see the game. Yeah. Brilliant, my dad loved that. Uh-huh. Um, but they said to my mom and dad at the time, like he needs to go to his coaching licensing. He he needs to like no quite, and I was kind of surprised. I didn't really think I was, but they said no, no, no he needs to go to his coaching licensing. So yeah. I demonstrated something. I'm not sure what, because really? um, it wasn't that good. But yeah, I mean. So, so all of it has been kind of learned in terms of seeing others doing it by mm-hmm. example, right. you know, and then in terms of the management side of it, how they go about that. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm lucky enough to, to call friends now, um, who are top, top level people in, in the profession and to get those advice, that advice of mm-hmm. those people who've been there, done it and had all the experience in the world mm-hmm. is, is invaluable in terms of the management side of it, but the coaching is very much the licensing the uefa platform is incredible highly recommend mm-hmm. faw the welsh fa coaching license route um it's it, it, it recognizes one of the world's best there's a reason why it's so so yeah. it's like a phd in coaching uh-huh. and management and leadership um right. you know it's incredible and so those learnings um you know coupled with my experiences of obviously a player and having lucky enough to have coaches that were were brilliant and don't get me wrong at younger age groups i had coaches that weren't great mm-hmm. you know yeah. in the youth setting that did just shout at you that didn't offer any kind of technical tactical social psychological advice whatsoever yeah um you know just yelled at you for everything and then if you didn't do it they pull you off but i always had my dad as well and you know this is where i go back to the support system and, and my parents being an ally not, not an enemy is because my dad would always tell me like well you know i'd miss a shot and he'd say well, okay but at least you're there to miss it yeah because i'm all worried if you're not there because if you're not there and and just that advice it doesn't seem like a lot but now going through my licensing i look back on the advice that i got from my dad and it just it's huge incredible yeah, yeah absolutely incredible and it's not like it's not this complex you know really well-spoken articulated way it's something as simple as well hey at least you you put yourself in the position in the firing line to take the shot so it has the same chance of going in as it does missing actually you have less of a chance of scoring and and 
you know, you do your research now and there's psychological books on that about overcoming resilience. Yeah. You know, so what my dad gave me there was I was to come into pressure and he gave me not only survival with a little bit of impairment of maybe I get myself in the position but maybe I don't take the shot. No, no, he gave me the sense of thriving, like, oh, listen, it doesn't matter because I'm here, bang, yeah. whatever happens, happens. And just when we talk about mindset, that's a different level of advice. You know, and so I was very fortunate enough for my dad. Um, I was very fortunate enough in, in the coaching environment for the most part. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, as you get older and, and you go through your journey as a coach, you know, you work for different head coaches. Uh, you know, I've been a head coach, assistant coach, I've worked at every single level. Um, you know, I've been a technical director, I've been a coach, I've been a, you know, a volunteer, mm -hmm. whatever it is, at all levels across the game. And so, and that's just a coaching aspect of it, never, never a playing. And so, you learn different different tools there as well. Um, oh, that worked, I like that. I'm just, just going to steal that because yeah. coaches are the best thieves. Yeah. Um, you know, no one's reinventing the wheel here. So, yeah. you know, you've just got to be authentic and it's got to be true to you. So, like, when we're doing, you know, sessions and things like that, like, you can't copy one of my sessions. You can copy it down theoretically, but you can't deliver it how I would deliver right. it. And that's what I love about coaching is, is that it's, it's unique, it's authentic. Yeah. You can't fake it, and I love that. Yeah. You know, I feel some too many people try and fake it, but that's a whole other podcast conversation. Yeah, right? But no, the, the support system from the parents, um, from the coaches, and it's like an ecosystem, right? Like your friends, mm -hmm. you know, um, everything. It's, it's that, from my opinion, it's the support network is the most important. When in that ecosystem of a coach, you know, parent, friends, teachers, mm -hmm. whoever is in that child's life at that moment in time, like you've all got to be aligned on the same page, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, so seeing that live and watching people lead by example on that has obviously yeah. been invaluable. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Uh, that's, that's a lot of insights for me. Um, I don't want to keep you for too long. So my, my last question for you is a question that we always ask our, our guest speaker is how you define success in your life. If you, I don't know if you have it on top of your head, but uh, so how you define success? I think defining success, I would say happiness. Mm -hmm. I think, are you happy? If you're happy, then you're successful. Because the, you know, if you're in a bad mental state, if you're not happy um, in doing what you're doing, then you're not going to be able to achieve your best. You're never going to be able to achieve success because you can't give something that you, you don't believe in. Right. You know, so you've got to find what makes you happy mm -hmm. um, and go after it and don't say no because no is just the beginning of the conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Uh, I, I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I think uh, people that are listening, they, they have a lot to learn from that just as an athlete, but also as a, as a coach in, in, in any level. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. Thanks oh, so no much. Problem. Thank yeah. you very much for having me on. Yeah. It's been an absolute blast and yeah. uh, hopefully, hopefully help for the people. That's what it's all about. Right? Definitely will.